Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, March 18th. My name is Javier Reyes, your host of this here Locked On Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. Both accounts got all types of good jokes and good things and good vibes there to try and brighten up your days, especially in the trying times we're at right now. And of course, remember to hit me up on there with any questions you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. And my apologies, guys, there wasn't an episode yesterday. I just ran into a little bit of trouble at home, so I just didn't have time to record. But today, I have a a special treat for you guys. I talked with Jeff Snyder of the Locked On Dodgers podcast. We actually recorded this on Monday, our little crossover episode, if I may, and just talked about, we each gave each other like two questions, actually, for our respective teams. And they they were, it was really fun. It was a really nice conversation it was nice to just talk to someone about just baseball stuff again you know and I I just really appreciated that and I really appreciated the the lengths to which we talked about it and Jeff's a great guy and I really hope that you guys enjoy the rest of this conversation so without further ado let's get it going here we go so how you doing man (laughs) I'm good Javi how you doing I'm doing fantastic you know it's just everything's regular nothing out of the ordinary going on here just kind of I'm, I'm I'm like 80% lying because obviously the whole the um like issue that's going on right now, the whole coronavirus scare and all that. But I don't know, Jeff. I'm one of those people who are pretty good at staying indoors. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not bad at it. I've got video games <laughs> over here. I've got books to read. I've got things to write. I've got podcasts to record. So it's not – has it been the end of the world for me? And when I say yeah. that, I do acknowledge my kind of privileged position I'm in. I'm talking about all the people that I've been seeing. My friends who are like, oh, I'm I'm so bored. I'm like, it's day three. Like, Relax. Yeah. You're, you're going to be okay. Yeah, it's definitely harder on some people than on others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got three kids, so that's, mm-hmm. that's my biggest challenge. Exactly, you know, yeah. If it was just me, I could probably – bunker down and stay inside for six or eight years and not worry too much about it. But, uh, but yeah, the kids get a little antsy. So absolutely. Uh, should we talk about the Dodgers and the Padres? I think that's what we should do. Yeah. I think that's what we should do. That's that. All right. I'm going to ask you a question first about the Padres. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, let's talk about the Padres offense. The Padres, mm-hmm. from what I can tell, there are three guys on the Padres who last season were both, uh, regulars and above average hitters. Mm-hmm. And that's Tatis, Machado, and Tommy Pham. Okay. And so so my question for you is where where do you think uh obviously Padre fans are optimistic about the season. Right. Uh where do you expect more offense to come from besides those three guys? Who are you expecting to either bounce back or or step up? So that's an interesting question because it's true. The the Padres offense is in terms of like What's more certain, um, obviously every season guys can always break out and whatnot. It is kind of a top-heavy roster in that sense, so I think you're right. But I just think that I don't. I can't believe I'm falling into the Will Myers trap. <laughs> I can't believe I'm stuck. See, this is the problem. I've literally done this podcast for like two weeks talking about how much spring training doesn't matter. And here I am starting to get convinced that Will Myers might just – not be awful, right? Not be awful. And honestly, the more I think about it, it's not inconceivable. I actually think Eric Hosmer is, is worse in a lot of ways. I think that guy is just doesn't have any upside, and I think that he's 
he's just so boring and he's not good defensively. At least Meyer is like not good defensively, but at least he can play positions. Anyway, um, I think that there are guys like Jerickson Profar who was really up and down last season, but I think he hits lefties pretty well. I think he's a switch hitter that can potentially bounce back in a lot of ways. And I think guys like Trent Grisham, who if you just look at his minor league stats and basically every level of play he's ever had, he's a guy that's always been able to get on base at a high rate. I think the lowest it's ever been for him is like 360, which is excellent. And then you have guys like like Francisco Mejia, who struggled during the spring training season that we've seen so far, but he's not Austin Hedges. So that's what I could say about that. I think that it's possible that there's some guys who just play a little bit better. And the guys you mentioned, the key is that Tommy Pham, one of the biggest additions to the team, obviously, a killer. Manny Machado the and, and Fernando Tatis, for Tatis, he didn't play the whole season. And Manny Machado, kind of a down year. So if Tatis can play more and Machado can um, bounce back to kind of like his MVP, borderline MVP form from a couple of years ago, then I think that they're going to have a, a solid offense all the way around. I could, uh, yeah, I could buy that. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm glad not all your hopes are hinged on Will Myers and spring training being real. <laughs> Wouldn't you know it? You know, the, he's he's hot in spring training and then now the season's delayed and all that momentum's gone, and yeah. season's going to start in July, and turns out Will Myers is going to be a bad hitter again. Yeah, it's – I don't know. It's this – I think I like Will Myers. I think that's the thing. Like, he's a fun player. I like his stance. I like seeing him flip bats and do all that stuff. And he was really fun when he was on Tampa, at least for, for one year, um, just because I remember turning on the TV and they were explaining that he killed the Yankees for the 85th game in a row. I don't know why. I've never seen a hitter that did better against what team in my life. I always, I always love stories like that. But anyway, yeah, I think that I'm not falling completely for the Myers thing. The Eric Hosmer thing is arguably worse because that contract is one that right when they gave it, I was like, Ugh. at least with the Will Myers one, it was like, okay, I mean, this guy hit 28 home runs, hit 250, stole like almost 30 bases. Like I could see where they're like, all right, he's younger and maybe this is – this is his true breakout form. I think that's a more defensible contract than the, the Eric Hosmer one, but that's just me. Yeah. All right. What do you got for me about the Dodgers? What do I got for you? See, here's the here's the problem, Jeff, about the Dodgers is that they're quite good. And when you have such a good team. I, I don't see that as a problem, Javi, honestly. <laughs> I'm kind of a fan of that. I, I bet you are, man. I bet you are. It's, it's interesting because I, I struggled a little bit to come up with questions. I do have questions, but they're very reliant on the idea that just a lot goes wrong for the Dodgers. And honestly, in some ways, I think it can. My question is basically, are is there any fear that you have from any honestly, it could be just the it could be the Padres or any team in the division, but I'll go with the Padres. That is there any potential trade acquisition that would make you scared of the Padres in, in any way? Um I honestly the thing that the the only thing that really scares me at this point is that the season is going to be shortened mm-hmm. and that you know in a smaller sample size more flukes can happen mm-hmm. i think over the course of 162 games uh it would take like injuries to like five major players for the dodgers to not win the national league west yeah. but if the season is 80 games long that shortens that a lot you know and, and and anything can happen in that short time. We've seen it in the, you know, Vince and I were talking about this the other day. In the seven years the Dodgers have won the 
division, there have been several times that they weren't in first place in July, Mm -hmm. you know? And so if, uh, so even though they were, most of those seasons, they were clearly on paper, the best team in the division. It's not like they just were, uh, start to finish in first place. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing that scares me more. Um, But yeah, I mean, Manny Machado obviously seemed uh, motivated against the Dodgers last year. He did. Yeah. I noticed that too. When I, when I see the, the acquisitions, the, the Padres made though, like some of them, I'm almost like sweet, no more Hunter Renfro and Manny Margot (laughs) who both for some reason played better against the Dodgers. It seemed like, you know, like Manny Margot, I, I think every hit he has in his career came against the Dodgers. Um, he, he can't hit against anybody else. And so, you know, it's like, yeah, Tommy Pham's really good. But at least, uh, you know, for now I can trick myself into thinking at least he's not going to be a Dodger killer like Hunter right. Renfro and, and Manny Margot were. So. Right. And with Renfro, so my counter with Renfro, he did play pretty well against the, the Dodgers. And I know a lot of people are kind of down on, not down on, but they're like, oh, the Padres lost Hunter Renfro. He's now on the Rays. Is he going to be even better there? Because the Rays love doing that for some reason. I don't understand how they can just maximize guys so much. But with Hunter Renfro, I was actually looking the other day. So my my belief is that the Tommy Pham thing makes it worth it because Tommy Pham's a better lefty hitter. He actually crushes lefties. I think he was batting like 370 against them. Something crazy. But the Renfro thing, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he did have a couple moments against the Dodgers. I think that... I'm wondering, would you, this is kind of a funny question, would you be fearful, because Yasiel Puig still doesn't have a team. This is arguably one of the most low-key interesting storylines going on in baseball, like like under one, obviously aside from Houston and aside from all that stuff. Would you fear at all, I don't think the Padres would do this, I don't think they really want to shell out that kind of money, would you be afraid of Yasiel Puig having a revenge tour kind of season if he was on the Padres? Um, honestly, not really. Uh, I, I think of all the teams in baseball that know, uh, Yasiel Puig's weaknesses, the Dodgers are right at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think the Dodgers spent so much time trying to get Puig to be the hitter he could be mm-hmm. that I think they are pretty intimately familiar with why he's not the hitter he could be and how to exploit that. Um, I do think he would, I mean, we saw, last season his very first at bat against the Dodgers he hit a home run off Clayton mm-hmm. Kershaw mm-hmm. um that's but, what I was about to bring know, up yeah and so you know obviously I'm sure he would be motivated there to the extent that Puig is ever motivated about anything um but yeah I, I just feel like his extra motivation would not be enough to make up for the fact that the Dodgers know his weaknesses really really well that's fair. And admittedly, though, I think that objectively speaking, it would be fun. It would be fun to oh, yeah. see Yasiel Puig go back against the Dodgers pretty consistently throughout the season. Absolutely. And yeah, he'd look good in the in the pee and poo, brown and yellow. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's disrespectful, Jeff. Oh, my I- gosh. Sorry. You can edit that out for the part that you're putting on your podcast. But that's definitely staying on Locked on Dodgers. Yeah, I'll edit out and make it sound like you were saying, oh, the just glorious uniforms of the Padres. The beautiful, <laughs> beautiful brown and gold there. I-, I got that sound bit for you. Yeah, there you go. Uh, 
Funny thing is, I'm looking at Hunter Renfro's splits last year. He was actually lousy against the Dodgers, but he had four home runs, including that walk-off grand slam. Okay, Yeah, he had a 161 batting average and a 355 slugging percentage, 221 on base percentage uh, against the Dodgers last year. So So, this is a good example of what happens in baseball where I only remember a certain thing. We're just remembering big moments. Yeah, and I log off. That's a weird term to use right now, but I log off for like – like three weeks and all of a sudden I check, I don't check back and then a player is doing either incredibly better or worse. So that's a, that's a good example. I just remembered the grand slam and maybe like a couple other things, but wow. Okay. So there you go. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. My next question for you, he does have an eight, eight, 14 career OPS against the Dodgers. So Mm -hmm. he has been better in other seasons. All right, guys, before we continue with this conversation, I want to talk to you about withings. Do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called Withings produced the world's first smart scale, and they are still the best. In fact, Tom's Guide rated rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale in 2020. If you are looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. Withings smart scales are known for durability and an exceptional user-friendly design. Step on and data from every weigh-in syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of smart scales don't have the Wi-Fi option, and it means you need to have your phone on you. But Withings Body Plus gives weight, full body composition, weight trends, even a local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users and even know who is who. So here's the deal. You can get 25% off with a Withings Body Plus right now at withings.com for a very limited time. Go to withings.com, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com, backslash... MLB to get 25% off body plus body composition scale. That's withings, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com slash MLB to get 25% off body plus body composition scale. All right. My next question for you is about the Padres bullpen, which is clearly, I mean, they got Drew Pomeranz and Emilio Pagan to go with Kirby Yates. Obviously they are trying to build a lockdown bullpen, uh, all three of those guys, though, Pomeranz, Pagan, and Yates, all have pretty short track records of being mm-hmm. dominant relievers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and with with relief pitching being probably the most volatile position on the field anyway, of trying to get a guy to stay good from one year to the next. This is fair. What, what are your expectations for those three guys and the Padres' bullpen as a whole this season? So in general, my expectations, it's because you're right. It is a smaller sample size and Emilio Pagan is, is good. And I think that he's just one of those solid relievers. He was really good for Tampa last season, but I was looking up some numbers. I don't have them right in front of me. This is like from a week ago that people were saying there's a good chance he regresses, but still, I think in general, there's guys like Matt Stram and, or I hope, I hope it's Stram, not Stram. I don't want to get more negative reviews on the podcast. Um, <laughs> I, I just think that there's... The bullpen thing is weird because I don't know about you, but I feel like ever since the who was it the the Royals had that like top three of five relievers in the game season with Holland and Herrera and yeah, all those guys. There we go. Yeah. And I feel they like ever it. since then, I think people slightly, and I mean slightly, because it is important to have good relievers and they can really change the game when you start breaking down the numbers. I think people slightly underestimate how difficult it can be to replicate that type of season that the Royals had. And I think people are just like, I think the the Yankees did this and don't get me wrong. It helps, but I think people are forgetting that it's, you're right. It's kind of year to year and these guys can drop off a little bit more. And granted, I feel like everyone in baseball can, I mean, just look at guys like Jose Ramirez last year. 
And I just think that teams are overestimating the the potential plus it can be if you go all in on your bullpen when basically it's only happened at least recently with the Royals when they just had like this unbelievable core where if you gave them a two run lead the game was over and I don't remember many teams that were like that especially teams that have Eric Hosmer was basically their best offensive player which is kind of crazy to look at how did they win the World Series anyway <laughs> like how did they win the World Series um so yes I do agree but I also think that there are some there's potentials for growth, right? Like, even if it's a small sample size, the counter is that they can also be even better. I don't think Kirby Yates is going to be even better because Kirby Yates was abnormally, astronomically good last season. But I think that there are guys like like Matt Strom and <clears throat> Andres Muniz, I actually think, could be better, and the acquisition of um, Amelia Pagan and Drew Pomeranz, who is a new face that is really, really good in the bullpen. And I love, I love when guys who fail as starting pitchers transition there. Because at least there's a little bit more of a, like like a history there of them at least pitching, if that makes any sense whatsoever. So I think that at least it feels like Pomerantz has figured out where his his place is, and I'm really really excited for it. They're projected to be one of the best bullpens in baseball. I have no reason to basically boil everything down to suggest otherwise. But you're right; it's not like this is a, a surefire thing. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Kirby H was really good. Uh, from what I'm saying, he was 0-4 against the Dodgers. Huh. That's <laughs> may, 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 I don't know what I'm you're talking about. Specifics again. I don't know what yeah. you're talking about, man. <laughs> but yeah, bullpens are, are tricky because you know, absolutely excellent bullpens exist, and every year there's a team that or a team or two that has a dominant bullpen, and it really helps them. The problem, like you said, is guessing who those relievers are going to be. Yeah. Because I mean, a year ago, right now. If you had said Drew Pomeranz, we're going to have him in our bullpen next year. Woohoo, we're excited. Mm-hmm. People would have said, you've heard of Drew, you know who Drew Pomeranz is, yeah. right? You know what he is, right? So, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it's it's weird because I actually, I'm starting to wonder if ever since that Royal season, the key is to just not have a deplorable bullpen because I know that that kept teams like the Nationals back for a long, long time. Obviously, they won last year, but for a while, like that, them having that, who I don't even remember who their closer was. It was like, I think they ran. What's his? What's that guy's name? The, uh, oh, the uh, the guy with the from Oklahoma or something. Um, I forgot who it was. Yeah. They had Papelbon, I think, for a little bit. Which <laughs> is like, was name Coda Glover? Yes, yes. Oh my, like, and I think they probably were one of those people that who's the. What's his? What's the Mariners' great closer that people's teams for some reason kept signing for a while? I'm, I'm blanking um, on his name. The cap, the he wore his cap in a certain way. Oh, Fernando Rodney. Yeah, Fernando Rodney. I, I, I'm no idea if this is true. He's probably on the Nationals at one point. That guy. He actually was contracts. last year. He, he was last year. Okay, last year. there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's it's just funny how many different. You're right. Like the cycle of relievers, how quickly they can go from good to bad, and how oh, all of a sudden this guy's great in the bullpen, and all of a sudden this guy's awful and is out of the league. Like it happens really quickly. You know. Yeah, I have no idea why I knew that Coda Glover was from Oklahoma, but I guess we've gotten <laughs> to that point of the podcast. So we have. ask me another question about the Dodgers, so I can get that out of my mind. All right, absolutely. So, question two: If there's any concerns, this is more of a full, like an actual concrete question than my first one. If there's any concerns about the Dodgers, which, like I said, I admit there aren't many, I think it's maybe health and maybe potentially. Jeff, are we sure that the starting rotation is is that good? Are we sure? That the starting rotation of the Dodgers is, is as stacked as we think it might be? 
Well, you know, I think the the starting rotation is definitely a question mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Walker Bueller, uh, assuming he's healthy, he's going to be great. Uh, I, I I have no worries about Bueller. Kershaw, obviously, last year even with diminished stuff was still, you know, very very good mm-hmm. and showed in spring training that he might be uh, even better uh, than he was last year. Might have regained some stuff. So, uh, you know. David Price is an interesting question mark um, who I could definitely see Price taking a step back forward, uh, back forward. That was a weird sentence construction, but uh, (laughs) becoming kind of good again is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. And, and especially for what they're expecting from Price. Uh, But I, I don't expect, I don't think anybody, any Dodger fan is expecting a dominant Dodgers rotation from day one, mm-hmm. I think kind of the mindset, and this is going to change with with all this weirdness going on uh, with the season being delayed. Because you know, I I think the game plan going in was we have the offensive firepower uh, and the the clear edge in the division that we can kind of coast for a few months and see how the rotation does and see what needs we have at the trade deadline and then and then address them. Mm-hmm. You know and, and I don't know what the trade deadline is. I don't know if there's going to be a trade deadline this year. You know, I, who knows what's going to happen. And so that might change things a little bit. Uh, but they do have, I mean, they've got a solid five. Julio Urias is potentially, I mean, he's penciled in as the number four starter and uh, talent wise, skill wise could be easily, you know, one of the best performance performers in that slot in any rotation, the number four starter, with his talent is pretty awesome. And then Alex Wood, if he can stay healthy, is a great number five. So, uh, you know, the the big question for me is guys like Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin who mm-hmm. are kind of, you know, knocking on the door and saying, hey, I'm ready to be in the rotation. How do they get their their opportunities? When do those come? You know, whether it's injury and that, you know, that's a good position to be in. You know, Alex Wood has an injury history. But, you know, you've got those guys who are ready. Uh, so the rotation is a question mark for me. And I've said this before. It's a question mark for me. But the potential answer to that question could very well be, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not I'm more interested in how it's going to happen than worried about whether it's going to happen, I guess. That's a fair way to look at it, I think. I think aside from Bueller, who is great, and I think that. I think basically everything he's done the past two seasons is legit. That's just me, though. And I think that his kind of mini, I would call it a breakout last season, kind of, I think it's all legit. I think he's going to be great. But Kershaw, it's like this is, he's getting older. And Kenley Jansen looked mortal last year. And David Price and, and Urias, who, uh, uh, Julio Urias at least has, um, he might be the best sports glasses pitcher potentially that we see in the league. So that's a nice little award for you guys. And, David Price, both of those guys, though, are lefties, and I'm actually confident about the Padres' ability to, to hit lefties, especially with the acquisition of Fam and Tatis and Machado. And even Will Myers, I was looking up, still got a good walk rate against lefties. He's on base at a 360 clip, which is kind of absurd to think about. I, I can't believe it. I really think he's going to have a better year. I really started to think that age 29, like, hey, maybe he can... Maybe he can That's be okay. That's definitely the, the headline okay. of this episode is that Javi is buying into the Will Myers hype. <laughs> I am. I'm not buying into Eric Hosber literally at all. I, I just, I think that guy's just, my man's got paid. He got paid. He had his unbelievable season with the Royals right before he left. 
and now he's just kind of been a mess with the Padres, and it's sad. So, so you think the Padres are going to be glad they didn't make that foolish trade of trading Will Myers for Mookie Betts, huh? I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see that. <laughs> I didn't see that rumor whatsoever. I can't believe uh, that. I can't believe that that's a thing. I'm curious to see whether or not they still end up trading him to the Red Sox. But if they can, by the way, I'd still recommend if AJ Preller, you're listening. I know you probably are. Um, you definitely take my opinion with a lot. He of definitely it. listens to Locked On Dodgers for sure. <laughs> it's um, tr- do not be like me and start believing in the Will Myers thing. If you can potentially trade him for something interesting. Uh, with the Red Sox, which was a rumor a few weeks ago that hasn't materialized yet. Uh, please do. I would definitely recommend that. But also... Write it down. Will Myers, 2020 American League MVP. <laughs> I'm going to... Oh my gosh. If that happened, I... Oh no. That would be that would be really... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be one of those guys who 100%, if Will Myers is still on the team opening day, doesn't get traded, breakout season. Then if he is traded, then I'm like, oh, he's going to be terrible. I'm going to be one of those people. 100%. I'm definitely going to be one of those people. Well, at least you have self-awareness. Yes, Absolutely. One thing I do. Have. All right. I I think that's all I have for you, Javi. You I got anything else for me? No, I think that's it, man. It was a blast and this is our second yeah, this is our second time recording. And the fir- the second of many, I guess, is one way I'd say. Yeah. It. Yeah, let's definitely do it again. Uh hopefully the Dodgers and Padres will play a lot in twenty twenty. Hopefully, uh, yeah. Against each other and in general. So uh yeah, we'll talk again soon. All right. See you, man. And yes, sir, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves, still forever and always, no matter what epidemic or pandemic and crisis we may be in, we'll always be making that joke. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Of course, guys, follow the show or myself on Twitter. I hope you guys really enjoyed the conversation I had with Jeff. Many more definitely on the horizon. Many more possibly over the next couple months before the season even starts. Definitely going to be going to be combining our talents, our expertise, and delivering you guys some cool locked-on content and what have you. Very exciting stuff. Rest of the week, got some more podcasts planned. Got some interesting stuff, some personal things that I'm going to talk about, and also something, of course, to do with the Padres. Going to include some guests as well. Already hearing back from a bunch of people. Trust me, I really think this is going to be a, an interesting next couple months in terms of the podcast. Until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.